As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. Today's episode of Android's Dungeon. 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 Board Game Geek Awards. I know you wanted to know what the best game according to a bunch of anonymous people on the internet is. And reviewing the reviewer. How does it work? Stay tuned. Dungeon on CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting out of the University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario, Canada. The station, CFRU, it's a lovely little station. It's not much, but she'll get you there in one piece. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the line from Star Wars? I can't remember. You, you she mean, doesn't look uh, like much. Oh, the Millennium Falcon? The Millennium Falcon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although I think it's not unfair to say the Millennium Falcon's way cooler than CFRU. But. I, I can't, it's, it survived so much stuff. It's just, an implausible amount it's of It's got to be the greatest <laughs> ship in the universe. And Joel, are you saying that Star Wars isn't, uh, maybe it has plot armor or some sort? Armor? That was a Canadian. No, it's just the ship. It was well designed, Jack. Yeah, they don't make them like they used to nope. in a galaxy far, far away a long, long time ago. It uh, was made actually on the millennium. It was made in the year 1000. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time ago. If, if if they had all this hyper jump and stuff and it was a long time ago, how come they haven't made it here? Maybe there was a galactic calamity that, uh, or we're so far away <laughs> from Star Wars yeah. um, in, in so many different ways that they what's, just haven't gotten here yet. What's George Lucas's definition of far, far? Uh, uh, Sausalito, California. <laughs> from Far, far. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You can listen to us ramble about Star Wars on... Uh, CFRU, CFRU.ca if you're listening to this live, and the other, uh, if you want to just listen to us and maybe some other uh, people, but you really just want to listen to us, it's anchor.fm slash androids-dungeon. Yep. Uh, do not be fooled by imitators. Actually, the uh, the imitator's just on iTunes. Oh, just on iTunes. Oh, great. Well, but if you're searching iTunes, because I know a lot of people use that stuff for some reason, <laughs> and uh, Pocket Cast, is that what the Android version is? Pocket Caster? Uh, Pocket Cast is Android, and then obviously there's an other out there, which it, sa- it says we'll be on Google Play soon. Oh, that'll be cool. Which is fun, but also, if you look at our views, because that's actually, we- we've done pretty well on this this website. Are we going to toot our own horn? Yeah, a little and Joel's bit. quickly becoming like the support ticket man. <laughs> Just the, 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 <laughs> I actually there were a whole bunch of people <laughs> posting in that forum about the bug, and and I posted the the fix, the workaround. Oh man, you are that guy. I don't think I've ever done that. I've always yeah. been the one. I ch- if I see that, I'll, I've started threads for bugs before, <laughs> and people have chimed in and they've said, "I've got this problem. I've got this problem." Although I can, I will, I'll claim that I pushed AMD into pushing out a bug fix for a game. No, <laughs> about three years ago or something. I forget. It was just, uh, 
it was something that they should have had been or should have been going and uh, they didn't say thank you jack for pushing us but i think it's a coincidence not a coincidence that jack complains about it and other people complain about it after i post about it and then there's a fix that comes through so that's me <laughs> well <clears throat> give him credit like i didn't come up with this idea on my own uh support was quick and they came back to me and if anybody out there is thinking about making a podcast, I would 100 percent yeah, recommend. Let's, let's show this site for Anchor. a Anchor.fm, because me and you, we've been hunting around and, and groveling at various crap servers yeah, for yeah. two years, maybe. It's the Year of Our Lord 2018, and yeah. nobody offers free uh, podcasting, or at least nothing good. And this one, give us a rundown. This is Anchor.fm, Joel. So it couldn't be more simple. They yeah. come. They have like a kind of a rudimentary. Uh, podcast editing software that if you can if you want you can use it you yeah. can add you can put your files together on it you can add little clips that they have available but really all you got to do is if if you're like us and you have a self-contained episode you upload the file and you click uh publish, save basically right and then you write in a little blurb if you want and then you pr press publish and it and not only does it publish which is great just to have mm -hmm. it hosted on a site is great, mm -hmm. but also creates this RSS feed, which is what you need for a podcast, and automatically distributes distributes it to iOS, to Pocket Casts, and apparently soon to Google as well. And it's all free. And as far as we can tell, there's no we have yet to see the <laughs> the, <laughs> the knife sharpening in the back. But I uh, saw uh, somebody because there's a request for change forum as well. Uh oh, is that where and the pro somebody, mode? Is, uh... <laughs> somebody said. Uh, when are you going to monetize? Can, nope, we, can nope, we monetize? Up, I would like to monetize my channel. Teacher, you didn't assign homework today. And Anchor uh, responded, basically said, everybody that's on Anchor right now is <sighs> too small to <laughs> consider that kind of thing. And would it make you feel better if you got 0.02 cents or something, right? Oh, so they want to make money on it. I see what they're saying. No, no, they, they're saying they're not going to monetize. No, no, I'm sorry. I meant the person who's asking oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. it. They want to try to pull they're YouTube with ads. For monetizing it. It's like, that's a bold claim, unless they were just anticipating like when when they hit mainstream, right? Because yeah. it's totally unique. Oh, Cur I'm sorry, currently please. featured on uh, Best Apps of 2017, Google Play, New York Times, The Verge, Neiman Lab, and Fast Company. They're all sort of Good endorsements. Saying good things about this, and I agree. Yeah. So far, it's uh, aside from like a couple of, uh, I guess, issues with uploading, but that's it's a bug, and it's nothing that's a game breaker so far. So if anyone's listening and you want to look for a, a, a podcasting host site, uh, anchor.fm, look into it. Give it a try because God knows it's better than everything out there, especially when it comes to not paying a dime for it. So. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Android's under the show about games and movies and whatever else we feel like. Show about podcasts. The show about podcasts at the moment. Although I feel like that's a relevant topic because um, how many people have been looking at something? And Joel just showed me the stats there. We're impressive, by the way. Kind of a big deal. It's, what's really confusing is we've got 27 views on the site itself, and uh -huh. then seven on Pocket Cast, seven on Overcast, whatever that is. No idea. Uh, five on iOS, so not many Apple listeners. No. Three on Android, but then there's this other, and I don't know what other is. Maybe it's Direct RSS or something. Mm -hmm. They don't know what the source is, but mm -hmm. it's 117. It's so much more than there anything else. That's the that's the. If only we knew what it was. <laughs> yeah, not that it. It's the yeah. bots. The yeah, <laughs> all our uh, Russian bot uh, listeners that are just. They get the keyword Android, and they're like, "Oh, it's our people." <laughs> you know, it's, it's when I was setting up some email addresses and things too. Like it took, I kept, I kept trying to make an email address with the word Android in the title for Gmail, and it wouldn't let me. 
and I, it took me a while to figure out that's like, would you, why? But it says it's available, and I type it in, but it says no. But it's an anti-counterfeiting measure built mm-hmm. in the Gmail where you can't have the word Android in a certain <laughs> form in the email address. Some Android's gonna be so dumb yeah. that it actually puts that I am an Android. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a robot, just like the sweat beads up here. Yeah. I saw this hilarious uh-huh. uh, meme where. Um, this human comes out of a cave or something and, and the world's been taken over by robots and the mm-hmm. robots are like, uh, we've done away with your kind. What use are you? And then he does one of the I am not a robot <laughs> things. And you are our God. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. In case no one knows what he's talking about, you know, sometimes when you go online and just like if you want to book a studio at CFRU, uh, I wonder if it's a Google thing. I don't know. You have to check a little box as I'm not a robot because apparently you can't build a script that's smart enough to hit the the box, which is weird to me. It seems so rudimentary. Well, it's getting more advanced. Sometimes, like, press all of the pictures with streetlights. Oh or man, something. I only ever get that if I'm connected via VPN to a strange site and it's trying not trying to make sure I'm not DDoSing them somehow. Or you are kind of suspicious, Jack. Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah, but not in this case. Most of the time, uh, Joel, what have you been playing recently? Uh, since we spoke, really just Gloomhaven. This is kind of, it's, I feel like we've just been so busy lately and like, I know I haven't had time to sit around like picking up a board game with, with Kayla or anyone else, even though I wanted to beyond uh, Gloomhaven. So I'm, we can just double duty on this one. Well, I suppose it's not entirely true. I've been playing a little bit of Witcher and some Warcraft 3 campaign, which mm-hmm. I switched back to the campaign because I get tired of wrecking noobs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm like 50%. <laughs> That's like the best stat on Blizzard, 50% win ratio. So let's let's go back to Gloomhaven in a second. Let's talk about uh, Warcraft 3 because for people who are not familiar, Joel is very, very good at and enjoys the Blizzard RTSs, and he's been replaying... Uh, Warcraft 3 uh, and Frozen Throne? Uh, right now, of Reign I, of Chaos, I decided right? to do campaign start to finish, so I'm going through the Reign of Chaos, which yeah. is tough. It's really tough. And But Joel's playing on the hardest difficulty, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the, the early ones are too easy, and then the, the but it, there's a big jump. You were talking about it the other day, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, I finally got through. But basically, the idea is they cap your food limit at 90 which I don't know if, if anybody's played a strategy, a real-time strategy game, food limit means every character that you can build to fight in the game will cost between one and three or four food. For example, if you make a really big monster, it might be three food. If you buy a little soldier, it'll be one food. Now, they'll give you a limit as say you can make this much food worth of people. You don't actually have to provide food to them, but that's as many as you can make. Now, they cap you in the campaign at 90, and then they'll cap the the bots or whoever you're playing against at maybe 150 each, and there'll be four bots. So you can imagine, basically, you need to kill, um, I don't know, eight times as many units as they do, and then they produce, you know, double speed or something. So low pop cat, was that always, is that just a hard difficulty thing, or is that just in the campaign period, the 90? I don't remember. It's. I remember when the game came out. It was a lot. There were a lot of criticisms between the pop cap being fairly low because when you're playing a lot of, let's say, like a frost worm, isn't that like five food it's or four, something? Yeah, four, yeah, on its own. So your armies can like, and something else they added for some reason. I'm qu- not quite sure if it was strategic or they just thought it was a good idea of some sort. But there's a thing called upkeep, 
or yeah. um, and so after a certain there's different tiers of it so after a certain you have a certain army of a certain size all of a sudden every gold you mine you start getting less and yep. then there's medium upkeep and it's even less and then you get the high upkeep where you're making i don't know like three gold a four yeah it's ridiculous gold, something pathetic so it's almost like maybe i shouldn't even be mining at this point because you're you're losing 60 percent of your every uh, worker that comes back but yeah, so if you hit 50 foodie units, all of a sudden you're in low upkeep and you're getting, you lose $3 just to keep your people alive, I guess. Mm. Uh, so every every mine cycle, you'll make 7 bucks. And then, like you said, if you're mad enough to go into high upkeep, which is between 80 and 100, if you're absolutely desperate to go up there, uh, you'll drop down to 4 bucks. Yeah. Which is just, you might as well not even make money at that point. Yeah. So it's uh, I just I just remember when Reign of Chaos first came out and it was a big deal because I think it had been a long time between that and uh, Warcraft two, and I was huge in the Warcraft at the time because I just played the hell out of Warcraft through online Warcraft two online and uh, and I was looking forward and it comes out and I'm, I'm enjoying the game but I remember when PC Gamer reviewed it they complained about the upkeep and the low food cap and that the game feels a lot smaller. Than the yeah. then because it was after StarCraft to, at that point too. And, so and heroes were really unpopular. And too. heroes weren't a popular idea. And but I think they've kind of come around. And maybe it's just the state of Blizzard today that Warcraft Three just feels so good or mm. so much fun. But perspective, I guess. It was a really wild idea to put in something that could level up, and that was basically an RPG character mm-hmm. into an RTS. Because before it was basically you build what you build and you get what you get. And there's there was no concept of uh, cost to lose your units except for that they were gone but now if you're losing your units you're actually feeding this monster on the other side right yeah exactly so it's beyond the the technical loss of like oh no i'm down a footy and this guy's up a footy possibly it's like oh no his hero actually is now one footman closer to being another level and it's stronger and it's going to cast another spell on me later on that it just learned and exactly and it gets to the point where like <clears throat> units hardly matter and it just comes down to and migrating the heroes, yeah. it's been, yeah. But anyway, so Joel's been playing a lot of this, and how is the year of our Lord, 2018, with Anchor FM, CFRU, us sitting here in the studio, how is Warcraft aged in your mind? Oh, beautiful. Or in your opinion? Well, you just put it this way. I have uh, Blood and Wine, The Witcher 3 expansion, mm-hmm. and I have Nier Automata, which I just bought. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that's I'm right. spending yeah. all of my time. I have played it, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm spending all of my time playing a game that is now 16 years old. Warcraft 3 is beautiful. Just a fantastic game, well-balanced. Um, <laughs> who else is going to play? Um, uh, who else? What other game do you know out there that has a community of 4,000 people online that's 16 years old. Well, I, I guess you can get into some of the nerdier ones. I'm sure if you go into Doom or something, which is even older than that. Counter-Strike, maybe. Counter-Strike. But I think it just the, it's not the exception to the rule. I think it just goes to show that there are games that they made a while ago that are they were good then. They've aged like wine for the most part, and the community just supports them and loves them so much. And I don't know how often... Or what it's going to be like in the future with some of these games that are coming out, because I, I don't think they're built to last. Um, it'll be interesting to see if are people going to be playing PUBG 10 years <laughs> down the road. I doubt it. The thing is, is that now with updates being what they are, a game is never what it looked like five years ago. True. Right? Like if, if you think about a game that's actually actively being played, 
it's being morphed all the time. Overwatch is a good example. Is every ever is anybody playing on the original maps? Probably not. Um, the characters there's probably the original characters have probably maybe seventy percent additional characters to them now. Mm-hmm. So it's just a completely different game gameplay. Well, TF2 is a good example of something that started off and it was fairly pure at the time. And I think if they'd <clears throat> maybe kept what they were doing, at, uh, it would have. That's not to say nobody's playing Team Fortress 2, but now it's it's its own beast. It's like it's it's almost too much for someone to just hop into. I I would be scared if somebody said you want to play Team Fortress 2 because <laughs> I understand how to play the game, but now it's just so wonky. It's and, modded to to hack too. Yeah, it's all the stuff that all the hats, all the the nonsense, all these strange systems. But the other day, Orange Box was two dollars, which if any of you don't know is like uh, Portal, Team Fortress, and Half Life Two, two thousand eight when it came out. Fantastic bundle and just just a staple for any gamer. Yeah. And so it was two dollars, so I was like, okay, I'll buy it as a gift for for a friend that doesn't have it. Nope. <laughs> Go to my Steam list. Every single person has it. Yeah. Why not? Impossible right? not to. And the, it just Portal alone, I think, is the reason why most people bought it i've never played i have not loaded team fortress 2 on in 10 years i think um i love half-life episode 2 mm-hmm. i think it's great and the portal is fine i don't know if i'd be in a hurry to play it anymore but there are a lot of mods for portals so <laughs> i don't know custom maps yeah well what about you jack have you been playing anything else lately aside from what we've been aside playing? from gloomhaven i've been I picked up um, Dark Souls 3 on the Humble Bundle, and I've been going through that again. And uh, I, I can't remember if we talked about this on last short. I know we talked about Dark Souls, the board game. Um, so I've been playing through that again, and I'm having a lot more trouble this time because I played. this would be my third playthrough of the game. And the second time I did all the DLC and everything, and uh, this time I'm going through it, and I'm finding myself struggling in, in parts. And I don't know whether they've it's because they've released patches or changed some things around on me or if I'm just like not old in the, Jack. I'm not in my groove. Yeah, I've aged. <laughs> so but it's still there's just something about this series that gets me just coming back every few months or something to want to play it and it's yeah. it's really satisfying. I can't remember which version was it one or two, but you were saying that you you downloaded it and then you you spent, I don't know, like a day and a half modding it before you could actually play it. Um, could have been one or three. Three's mm. the problem is is three's weirdly buggy. I have an issues. I don't have a bad computer by any stretch of the imagination. It's not the newest, but uh, it can it can handle things. It should be handling everything at very re- if I'm mo- reasonable with myself and the game is reasonable with me. <laughs> we should we can have reach a mo- an agreement. Of, <laughs> Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Like uh, you give me buttery smooth frame rate, and I won't be greedy with my my system requirements. <laughs> Whereas Dark Souls 3 came out in 2016, and I'm finding myself, there's this issue with micro-stuttering that I'm still, I think I fixed it now, but I'm still testing a couple of things. But it would be random in that I'd start up a game, and I'd get into it, and then every couple seconds there'd be just like, the game freezes for a second, and then it comes back. And it's not it's not frame rate issue, it's an, an actual stutter. And I can almost hear the hard drive making noises as it's going because it's almost like it's a reading issue, but I think it has something to do with the graphics driver, actually, because if you go online, you type in Dark Souls 3, micro-stuttering, <laughs> Steam thread after Steam thread, everyone from yeah. AMD to NVIDIA owners, everyone talking about it, and there were a couple solutions posted here and there, and I've tried them, but now I'm kind of, I think the one I've got is I'm going manually into my Radeon graphics um, uh, profile from outside of the game, 
and basically brute forcing it to behave in a certain mm, way. Yeah. Because I've definitely had to do that. Which is super annoying. Yeah. But the Japanese are infamous for PC ports being bad. They just can't figure it out. They're unoptimized. They they don't take advantage of resources or they hog certain things. When the game first came out, I remember that it was a disaster because people couldn't look at bonfires in the game without their game crashing or going to like <laughs> so you back up to them. Well, you have to like kind of look away from it in such a way and maybe angle it so you could like oh hit A and and rest there and eventually it fixed it. But I'm sure if you type in Dark Souls three bonfire crash, I'm sure people are still having problems with this to this day. Unbelievable. Which is PC gaming. Like, that's the joy. Like, you and I, we grew up with this stuff. And how many times would you get a game and it wouldn't work properly? So you'd be sitting there on the forums desperately searching for how to fix this or tweaks. or And this is even getting into the days of DOS. And oh, like, those games were all done. Yeah. They were done before they were sold. Can you imagine that? Finishing a game you couldn't and then patch selling that. it? <laughs> you couldn't patch it. It's yeah. nuts. It's on a disc. It's burned right in there. It's, you're finished, They buddy. use lasers. Yeah. And... There were patches. I'm not going to say they, they didn't, you couldn't go online because the internet's been around for a long time. But it just wasn't, when I was growing up, there was no such thing as a patch for a game. If it didn't work, you're in trouble, buddy. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, Fiddling with IRQ DMs. Let's go back to Gloomhaven, though. We don't talk enough about Gloomhaven on this show lately. I want to see what you think about this uh, solo adventure that uh, we found out today. Okay. Uh, so it looks like. As part of the Kickstarter, they came out with one per class. So every single class has a single solo adventure, which is very small, obviously. Mm-hmm. But each one comes with a special item. And I've looked at the maps. They're all pretty small, obviously. Mm-hmm. They need to be. What do you think about it? Uh, you're, what you were describing to me sounded really cool. And um, what you So the single-player thing, to me, sounds almost like a challenge mode of some sort. It's almost like a... Uh, um, if you think you're... Are you a bad enough dude to... Uh, survive whatever challenge Isaac did Isaac come up with it or is it fans looks like Isaac yep yeah bad enough dude to survive whatever sort of arbitrary challenge that which it which revolves around your character strength so the only one I know of is the one you described to me so the is it tinkerer yep yeah so the tinkerer basically you have to play 12 rounds of this mission and you've got four city guards around you with negative one shield so they're taking extra damage as opposed to blocking extra damage and you have to keep at least one alive by the 12th round as constant waves of vermlings are spawning around you. So you have to really manage healing these guards up, um, buffing them, and also uh, nuking these vermlings before they can get in and really screw up your, your team. So it sounds interesting to me. It sounds like a puzzle. Actually, you know what? We are talking about it had to be part of the Kickstarter. Yeah, it is. It is like sort yeah. of a... Uh, sometimes they'll take you away from basically what you're up to mm-hmm. and say you know go do this thing and i don't know i love the little micro games i remember uh inside of pitfall when i was playing pitfall for the, the SNES? super nintendo yeah. uh you would fall into something and then you would be playing classic fit- pitfall oh really that's, that's bizarre like, bloop, bloop, bloop. it's really made it <laughs> yeah uh but no it looks like they were released on march the 3rd i thought it was part of the kickstarter because i could have swore people were like you could have added it as part of the um it could be, but Pledge. it could be the now that they've released yeah. it as official content. So it says, uh, brand new spanking Gloomhaven solo scenarios. And apparently Isaac Childress has a heart of pure gold because on top of overloading every copy with content, he's also decided to give you even more content. Meaningless fluff, Joel. Yeah. So it's uh, it's like we said, there's 17 
solo scenarios, one for each of the classes. Incredible. And does this does it come with the cards? Because you're saying each everyone gets like a special item at the end of it. It right? looks like they're printable. Yeah, that makes more sense, cool. I suppose. So yeah, you can take a look at them and download them, and they're all pretty cool. Um, there's a page which I think you have to add to your book, which just kind of looks like classes, and then each class is a number, uh, a page that you would go through. Hmm. Very similar to the binder that you already have. In fact, since the binder opens up, you could probably just put it right in. Interesting. Yeah, very neat. And um, I don't want to give too much away about the second half of our show, but uh, Gloomhaven did win best in a category that I did not expect in a game award ceremony that we'll discuss later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get to that shortly. Which was best solo game. Yeah, we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> um, but I think this is just another example of, yet again, Gloomhaven really shining where in in so many different regards and the fact that there this was basically free dlc as far as i'm concerned (laughs) that you could there's there's extra stuff you can download and print and it provides from the creator himself this isn't just something like some randoms on uh, board game geek threw together even though some that there's sometimes nothing wrong with that stuff either but it's it's so cool the game just keeps pumping out more things to do and the these challenges are such a unique idea that i'm surprised more games don't do it, but I think it takes a lot of planning and to sort of create this in a, in a yeah. in not an overly contrived or super difficult or easy way. But I feel like now that the infrastructure has been created and all the hard work has been done, mm-hmm. it's very easy to create additional levels, right? And how long before, like, oh, extra characters? And Well, I think you'll just get into Gloomhaven, You know, the expansion's coming, you yeah. know. Um, Gloomhaven, tons of content. Again, not missing. If you you are not gonna be asking for more because you've got it all in the bloody box, you're okay. You you can't make this much money and not continue to produce. No, all right. But the it's great that say okay. So he's he's become the most successful game sales of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably making hand over foot cash. Hopefully, what does he do? He releases some free content. Yeah, awesome. Maybe, and to be fair, maybe it was stuff that it was on in the back. Hmm. He didn't have time maybe to implement it or he was still testing didn't it. Didn't fit so in the box. I wouldn't be surprised. Didn't fit in the box. <laughs> you never know. So, uh, and oftentimes I think that's what a good sort of, it's the opposite of when you're playing a computer game, let's say, and you can see when they, when like day one DLC and you're like, why was this not in the game itself? And, oh, wait, I see. You cut it out to sell it to me later versus developers like The Witcher where, it's like, oh, we've been working on these giant stories for you that if you feel like uh, playing them, you can buy them if you want. But here's a bunch of free stuff, by the way, that maybe we didn't have time to put in <laughs> or we've been wanting to add later. But here you go. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, before we take a break, I don't know what, what our time is on, but uh, I wanted to ask you what do you think about gaming the game? Because we've kind of come across some experiences where, uh, you know, you're not sure about something and maybe... The rules aren't entirely clear, or they are clear, but you're, you're not sure what the intention was. And that's when you need to make decisions on your own in Gloomhaven about rules or about how you're going to handle a certain scenario where something happens you're not sure about. And we talked about this, and you are of the opinion, I know, that it's your game, mm-hmm. right? Well, yeah, but it's it's if you're talking about... Are we talking about... I'm not talking necessarily about cheating. Yeah. But I'm talking about you're coming in and you're having this experience. 
in Gloomhaven. But are we saying like if the rule's ambiguous, how do you interpret it? Or are you asking about how like mating? The... Yeah, but also just are you are you going to do everything to the letter? If it, for example, let's say there's a a road card you accidentally read or something, and yeah. you weren't supposed to read that yet. What are you going to do? <laughs> Hop my time machine and <laughs> shoot my past self. I don't know. But just in a more general sense, uh, I think if you're finding the game is too easy, you can level up the difficulty, right? If you're if you're finding that uh, you don't like a certain character and you're hating it, are you gonna, just going to stick with it because it's your character or are you going to switch to another one that's available? Well, I think the game is designed around... So using your last example, the if you, let's say you hate the scoundrel so much, there are more characters in there. And yep. when somebody retires, their other character that they seem to be having a lot of fun with, you can pick up that character, can't you? Yeah. There's nothing stopping you. Or... You can just do something wild and crazy, and you can just open up another box yeah, and just go to town. That's another thing that I, I was interested when you said that. Just I, open a character. You might be depriving yourself maybe of some of the more, like, the, the intended method, perhaps, of unlocking this character. But at the same time, it's like, it's your game. Have some yeah. fun with it. Like, knock yourself out. It's not something like, let's compare it to, let's say, Pandemic Legacy, where, oh, you're not having fun right now? What, are you going to randomly open up envelopes or something? No, because there's a hard story in that game that yeah. you'd be screwing yourself over for, versus Gloomhaven, which I'm not saying there's not a story, but I just think it's less dependent on X character being open at this time. But who knows? I've, we've only opened up one box. so yeah. And we did that to some degree. I no spoilers, really, but we were reading the town records, and we weren't supposed to read we went on one because of a certain condition. Yeah. And uh, we, we read a little bit more than we should have. And it didn't really change. did not affect anything. It's not like, oh, now I'm going to go buy this item. Or yeah, it's <laughs> like, like, <laughs> didn't matter. Zero difference. And I think maybe there'll be future examples of stuff like that. Maybe we will kind of like hit ourselves in the head. Like, for example, in the, the book, too, like, don't do this. The, the one mission is like, oh, you can't do this if you've already started this mission. It's like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Try me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are you going to lock me out? This isn't a video game. That's the big difference is that. There's no computer telling me I can or cannot do this. I don't have to load up trainers. I don't have to hack the game yep. to get at content. It's all right there. And that's one of the glories of board gaming. You're, it's, you're also a victim of if you screw up rules or if you're not playing properly, that you can say, oh, I wish somebody was guiding me or telling me what to do, but it's, that's what yeah. you're up to. And somebody might be listening to this and being like, you need to follow the rules. <laughs> you sound like No, we don't. <laughs> we do what we want. <laughs> yep. So I think we're both on the same page there. It's, but but if you start, I think if you're robbing, it's if you start to rob yourself of the experiences, then you got to wonder what you're doing in the first place. It's like I used to throw on cheat codes relentlessly when I was younger yeah. because I didn't want to lose. But and some games were too scary and I didn't want to get killed or something. But now I think back and I think I didn't need to throw on the cheat codes all the time. It's yeah. you don't you don't earn those victories that way. Back then, I could not have beaten the Warcraft campaign on hard. Oh, I never even bothered. I can barely do it I can now. barely do it normal, <laughs> so it's like I'm good with that. All right, so we're going to take a musical break, and we'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned. Thank you. 
Welcome back to CFRU 93.3 FM. What you just heard was the first five minutes. I didn't realize it's an eight-minute song. It kind of goes on a little bit. Uh, Haunted When the Minutes Drag by Love and Rockets. Uh, used very well. Did you ever see The Guest? The Guest. Oh, sounds really familiar. Tell it, me about it. It's uh, an Adam Weingard film who's a really good director minus the <laughs> bad Blair Witch movie that just came out, which was one of the few objectively bad movies I've seen in a long time. There was time. a recent Blair Witch? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Joel. <laughs> it was not good. Not good. Um, but he did The Guest and one of my fa- one of my favorite home invasion flicks of all time, You're Next, uh, with the guys in the animal masks terrorizing this oh, um, yeah. New England. Um, I think it's New England, somewhere up there. But just great, great movie. Uh, but The Guest stars, um, what's his name from uh, Downton Abbey, very handsome blonde man. And uh, as this uh, person who shows up at the doorsteps of this family who um, he served in uh, in the army with their son and their son is dead. And now he's come to just uh, darken their doorstep for a bit. But he's not who he seems to be. Oh, anyway. So it sounds so familiar, but it's a, I don't it's think a good it. movie. Really, really good. Underrated um, thriller uh, slash horror film. But uh, he's great in it. And it's got a stellar uh, supporting cast and. It's just, it's just a good movie, Joel. <laughs> Did you watch The Gift? Oh, that's Jason a... Statham. Not no. Statham. <laughs> Jason uh, Priestley? Bateman. No. Bateman. <laughs> Priestley. <laughs> From 90210? Yeah. And, um, and uh, the Australian actor, Joel uh, Edgerton. Yeah, he stole the show. He was excellent. Yeah, that was a weird movie. I enjoyed it. But it definitely, there's just a, one of those moments there at the... Like especially at the end when you're just, when he shows that video, to, or when the guy when J- Bateman yeah. sees the video and uh, you're like, oh, I see, I get it now. Yeah, uh, odd movie, a thriller, entertaining, yep. freaky. Uh, nobody talks about it though. Um, do you think it improves or is a detriment to your success rate when you begin a movie with the? Uh, I like it. But it's when you're searching for it, you're just gonna the the is just gonna get put to the end anyway. So your what's your favorite just, the movie? The Shining. I don't know. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> the Blade Runner. I was thinking <laughs> maybe the Usual Suspects. I'm not a huge fan of Usual Suspects. Really? Actually, no. Oh my goodness. I think that's maybe I came to it too late, or maybe I just end the circle of so friends. Easy. Yeah. Come on. It's no. It's entertaining. It's fine. It's it's that's a great. just just never clicked with me. It wasn't my <laughs> thing. Um, Love and Rockets, Haunted When the Minutes Drag. Uh, so this was a very important week because in the world of board gaming, uh, arguably the biggest award of the year outside of, um, the Spiel des stuff, uh, was announced, which is the Golden Geek, uh, award. And I think we, last year when this came out, we talked about it and I, I still don't really know how it's voted on or what, how it works, but I think you have to be just like a, um... A donor to the website maybe or maybe yeah anyone. i tried to vote actually and that's yeah. what it told me it said listen punk yeah. give us some money or get out of here yeah it's interesting board game geek and look i'm, I'm not i'm not begrudging them for trying to pay themselves uh, make a living of running a big website most popular website for board games in the world but at the same time it, it i don't like how everything on the site appears to cost money it, like it's loaded with microtransactions it also takes away tell. from the results of for not vote. a good website either. I don't know if it's just me or does. I mean, I, I've obviously I've seen it on a game, printed on a game. So if you win the Golden Geek, obviously it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But is it just me or does do you take it a little bit less seriously than you would the Spiel der? 
It's tough to say. Um, even Spiel DR, when you look at it, like King Domino uh, was, I think the was that the Spiel DR? Mm. Yeah, and it's a good, ga- it's a really good game. But it's is it like? Do you look at that and say, my goodness, like as soon as I see that that stamp, I'm like, I gotta buy this. No, it's an endorsement as far as I'm concerned. It means I should be looking at this. As yeah. far, but I guess with the Golden Geek again, I'd have to look through the old ones from the other years and kind of see what it what it was, but or what's been nominated, but let's go through this because with we've already kind of announced it and we'll just come right out and say it's the board game of the year of 2017 according to Board Game Geek was Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven. There was not a doubt in not anyone's mind. Not, I, although I wasn't even sure if it was eligible because of... The sh- nominees got posted and I, I posted it in our board game group at work and I said, here's a list of games to lose to Bo- Gloomhaven. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And... Was I ever right? How many how many categories did they win? Uh, so we'll go through all the things that board uh, board game geek Gloomhaven cleaned up on. So board game of the year Gloomhaven. Uh, cooperative game Gloomhaven. That's a given. Innovative Gloomhaven. Sure. Questionable. Mm. Solo game Gloomhaven. That's a surprise. Strategy game Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. Thematic game. Gloomhaven. Jeez, so, so what was that, just six? Destroyed. Absolutely destroyed. And it, I, I am not begrudging anything. It, it's earned a, every single award. Or the total amount of awards. There's only 10, One, or 10 to 12 awards. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, <clears throat> eight, nine, ten, uh, eleven, twelve. 13? 12 or 13? It's the, so it, the window janks on me. But. Gloomhaven basically won half of the games this yeah. year. Yeah. Or half of the games. It was, it was the return of the king. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah. That was the, ridiculous. The board game you know it wasn't the best <laughs> in a lot of those categories. They were just like, yeah, we want to see all the whole story first. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't even remember what else was up, though. Maybe it was the best movie. It was of the just year. a bad year. Yeah. And that's what I think maybe for, for some of these. Like, sure, it earned co-op and game of the year yeah but solo game was it a was it a weak year and solo game that's i think solo is an interesting or interesting subject because the i have not neither of us have played gloomhaven solo i have no interest in doing it uh well no, i won't say no interest i just i won't do it i, I will <laughs> not do it i have an interest in seeing maybe how the works. special solo campaign special yeah the special solo campaigns we talked about um but the the other games that you heard, we'll just pull it up again. Solo game Gloomhaven, runner-up Seventh Continent, which was, I believe, a Kickstarter game that I've heard mixed things about from mm. some people. The other one is Nemo's War, um, which I have not played, but I've heard it plays fine by itself. Great. Mm. But a lot of these GMT games, these heavy, heavy gamer games, you look on the back, and it's got two categories. It's got complexity and solitaire level. Really? and a lot of these GMT games are designed to be played by yourself. And I'm not saying they're, they're 2017, even though there were a lot of games that were 2017 from GMT. But for Gloomhaven to walk away with the best solo game, I, I think it just says more to the fact that it just plays so cleanly and nicely and simply compared to compared, compared to others. So what you're saying is that people in GMT don't have any friends. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's just design games <laughs> to play by themselves forever alone. You're playing fi- <laughs> Here I Stand by myself. I, I thought another weak category, which I was surprised, and hey, maybe maybe it was um, 
because it changed the game again. But expansions, the win gamut. Expansion safe. was a very sad category, and I have a hard time imagining those are the three expansions everyone was voting. So uh, the best expansion of the year went to Scythe for the Wind Gambit, which is a fan expansion, essentially, that got turned into a full one. And I'll admit, I've only played it once. Uh, but my experience was so meh from the one time. I have a really, really difficult time imagining that this is like this is the best you had to offer. It's a cool. It's cool looking that you get these airships, but really, it's the expansion in itself. Without you know the mods that you can put yeah. in, is here are five plastic <clears throat> ships. Yeah, and maybe if you're lucky, the ships will be the right colors for each of your player. And the thing is, is we don't want to diss the wing game it's their second third expansion it's a decent expansion but it, no it's the second one well they have foreigners from afar oh it is the second yeah the third one's coming up third one's coming um but the thing is is the board games themselves like mm, some expansions in video games have hit hit and miss mm. but board games themselves are known for really good game expanding and game changing expansions like um, it's modular at best. Uh, Tuscany, right? Yeah. It's just, it, it really changes the game. And there's, there's some other expansions came out this year that were kind of weak, well, too. Like, I'm thinking Terraforming Mars, yeah, the, just a board. Yeah, the Terraforming Mars, which is the two runners-up, Concordia, incidentally. Um, well, Concordia has a bunch of other expansions. Mm. Like, they, you can buy the board expansions, and I think a lot of these types of Euros that are fairly popular, like, I know Martin <laughs> Wallace's uh, Steam... You can buy boards designed around different places, and I don't. Would you call that an expansion? Eh. Versus like the terraforming Mars, I don't know if I call it an expansion. I call it, it's more like just do you want to play on a different board? Yes, yeah. no. It's not like it added cards. Chain. Well, maybe it did add other corporations. I think it does actually add a Venus corporation and a couple of cards. But in general, Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but that's more my opinion on uh, terraforming Mars in general. But the runner-up for board game of the year, by the way, was Azul, which is. I've heard great things, have not played it myself, but it's apparently this very gorgeous um, game about basically laying these ceramic tiles down in special patterns and scoring points. Like you're building a, um, a, f a mosaic or a floor, and then you have Sagrada, which is up there on a couple of the things as well, which is building a uh, stained glass window using these multicolored dice. Oh, uh, I loved it. The, you, you, yeah, you played it. That's right. Just one time, yeah, and back in... Uh the homeland. The homeland. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looked really cool, and <clears throat> I was really sad because they were just wrapping up a game, and then we were gonna play again, and the people, the person that owned the game was leaving. And it's mm -hmm. not like you know when you're playing soccer or something, and somebody leaves their ball behind. Nobody's gonna leave their <laughs> board game behind at a game yeah. cafe. Yeah, and so I think uh, our friend also has Sagrada. I think, or at least he played, it and he really enjoyed it too. So I look forward to giving it a shot. Yep. Uh, the two-player game, I was a little disappointed that Codenames Duet won because I, I'm kind of, I love Codenames, great game, I'm a little tired of it in general, and I think Caverna Cave vs. Cave is just such a tight, really fun little two-player game that's that plays quickly and really encapsulates, it takes Caverna and distills it down to a two-player um, semi-abstract experience, and it did such a good job. In fact, there's an expansion coming out for it, which I look, I'm looking forward to. Whereas Codenames Duet is, again, it's a fan mod that made it into um, actual print. And yeah, I was really sure that it was a lock for Cave versus Cave. You thought it was a lock? Yeah, just from oh. people I'd spoken to. Obviously, yeah. some of those people are you and Caleb. You <laughs> love Caverna. <laughs> the two but... <laughs> love Caverna. Yeah. Uh, no, I talked to a <clears throat> lot of other people, you know, John and people at the boardroom and everything. And, and basically, if somebody was talking about a two player game this year, yeah. it was Cave versus Cave. 
Um, and the the rest of that stuff, it, it's it's kind of by the book. The the weird, the my pr- print and play is My Little Pony Scythe, which is absolutely ridiculous. I I think I'm being trolled when I see that. But <laughs> what is so print and play is just something that's been released for free. It it's a fan game essentially, or a fan mod to a game. My so, Little Pony Scythe. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Scythe for bronies. Scythe for bronies. And the war game category was really interesting to me because that's something that's totally unique and. Um, 878 Vikings, which is an Academy Games game. Uh, it was a Kickstarter game. I kind of regret not getting on it, but I remember being very expensive and the shipping wasn't nice or something along those lines. Uh, that one, War Game of the Year. And the runner-up is Time of Crisis, which I own, but I haven't had a chance to play yet, but I'm mm. really looking forward to it. I've heard someone describe it as it's simple to play as Comet, which makes me very happy because it's a GMT game again, and some of them have some higher <laughs> maybe barriers of complexity. entry. Complexity. Complexity, but it's apparently not bad. And Pendragon, Fall of Roman Empire, which is a game set in the coins, or using the coin series um, mechanic of counterinsurgency in the fight for... Um, Britain against the Normans and the Saxons and the and the Romans still lingering around there and it it looks so cool but again it's one of these games that I can't even get Cuba Libre out and I want Pendragon. <laughs> See, this is this is what we were missing. Like this is what I was lamenting when I was doing the show with Harry was that um you know you've done your homework basically <laughs> the difference is me and me and harry look at this list and we're like, yeah well i haven't played any of these oh, and man. i don't know what they are so uh moving <laughs> on <laughs> it let's just say this there's you and harry both know your games and certain types of games and i we know the games we've played you know the games you've played and there's a lot of stuff on here i haven't played and if you put a gun to my head i could explain what i what they are like where words i've heard is great great things about it actually uh, it's a game of werewolf mixed with words, and you're trying. It's it's like one night ultimate werewolf meets code names in a huh. sense. It's supposed to be quite good, and I'd love to give it a shot. So if anyone has a copy of it, Spyfall too, eh? Which uh, what did makes you improve it, on Spyfall? I don't know. I haven't played it. I've heard it's good things. Mystery. Um, and after that, it's like just go through the list, give it a shot yourself. There's a bunch of fluff here. It goes into video games in the bottom, which the board game has no no right to be talking about based on their choices. You know um, how. How do you qualify to be a 2017 board game? It, I think the same way that Academy Awards for like this year you qualify. It's like any time after X date. I, I don't know. When did you get? I guess you got Gloomhaven later, but Gloomhaven is not a new game. But that's it. This that's why I was confused. Print, this right? is the second print. So either the first print came out just in the on the cusp of. 2017 and then they managed to get a second print out within mm. the year which is incredible if you think about it but could be no idea so let, this gets into we're running short on time this oh, damn so we were gonna one of the subjects and we may come into this next show too as we think about this more and this is maybe we'll leave a bit uh floating around for you our dedicated listener um is the question of reviewing a game How, what is the process to do it and by process i mean i brought up to joel how shut up and sit down was they did a reddit ama i think or something along those lines and the question was how many times do you play a game before you review it and quinn's who is i'd say the uh one of the figureheads of the show well there's only three of them but it's him and paul who are the big ones and then matt shows up occasionally um but quinn's responded more or less by saying well it depends some games you play once, you know everything about it. Some games need repeated plays to get more out of it. 
And I posted this to Joel and asked him and what he thought about this. And Joel, what are your thoughts on the the appropriate amount of times to play a game or may, or review a game, uh, play a game before you review it? Or is there even a process? Or what do you think? They're garbage. They don't know what they're talking about. No, Done. I'm kidding. We're going to hang out the show. <laughs> Shut up and sit down. I, I respect their, um, their opinions. And they are actually quite entertaining. And they'll take a game that's nuts heavy or difficult and and actually make it kind of light and fun to play or look fun to play i'll well, they've say they've done heavy heavier games as well too. yeah absolutely feast for odin is a good example yep uh, you you look at that and it actually makes you want to play it instead of making you want to run and fear yeah, 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 yeah. which uh, most people would probably do if they just opened the box and looked at the <laughs> rules right is <laughs> there's a couple manuals in there yeah but um I, to some degree, disagree with their assessment. I think, um, yes, there are some games which me and you have come on here and said, I don't like it. Uh, Spartacus, I believe, was one of them. Spartacus, yeah, you know right away. Uh, A couple other games where it was just, you get all the flaws with one play. Right, and and maybe you could play it again, or you could play it two more times, and maybe you'd find that certain aspects of the game are charming. But if a game is broken, I don't think you need to play it a whole bunch of times. If a game is agricola, uh-huh. or if a game is really complex, but has sort of a, a balanced core to it, where the game makes sense, mm-hmm. but maybe you don't understand it, that's going to take a lot more plays. I like that. It when you're describing that, I was thinking of an analogy in my head. It's like sometimes you you can walk into a house and you can see that uh, there are a bunch of locked doors and you're struggling to get around this place, but you can look on the floor and you realize everything's built really solidly yeah. and that at what, some point you're going to get into these doors and at some point you're going to figure out how to move around this house properly. But other times you walk into a place and like things are falling off the hinges and there's there's somebody smeared blood all over the walls and there's a <laughs> knife stuck somewhere and you think, ooh, this house isn't that good, but... Yeah, so if a game has good architecture... The the foundation of the game is strong, right? Yeah. yeah like you're saying, the architecture. Then you want it's going to take some time to explore it yeah. until you know whether you like it or not. And it, I'm not saying that we don't come on here and play Concordia once yeah. and say, wow, that was really fun. Yeah. But usually we're not saying, okay, well, this is how good the game is. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're not here giving it a real rating. No, no. We'll give it some ships out of ships or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the point is, is our impression usually is, I want to try this again. That's it. That's exactly. You, it's, it's, you walk away from a game, do you want to play it again? Yeah. Is, I think, a very good. Now, that's not to say, like, let's say... I don't know if, it, like, I, I immediately thought of Advanced Saver Twilight Imperium or something, where mm. do you want to play it again? When you're done it, do you say that right away? <laughs> but you think <laughs> Maybe about, four months from maybe, Yeah, like, when you walk away from it later thinking about it. But it, the, it's kind of like what you're, you, you like to bring this up all the time, and it's a great comparison, more or less, is the Tarantino comment about you want to have oh, a pie yeah. and talk about it regarding movies. Yeah. Do you do you walk away from a game and you're thinking about it and you 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 can you feel like you scratch the surface or you could do different things or you you really want to explore this 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 game that's down there or do you just kind of go yeah okay that's yeah and all the time I'll spend a couple days if we finish a game where it's maybe I don't know it all that well or I do know it well but so did everybody else in the game and we all had a really good game and it was close and I especially think this about Scythe because mm-hmm. Scythe has taken a long time for me to pick it apart in my head. Mm-hmm. I'll spend two or three days thinking about 
every single move <laughs> involved and like oh well he did this and maybe if i had done this on this turn or three turns but yeah. sam hates it because then i'm saying all these things like oh, i did this wrong and i did this wrong and she's like what about me did i not do something right right like <laughs> did i not win this game on my own and merit fair, fair enough where i'm saying ah, i lost this game because x and maybe it's not true you yeah, but it's 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 kind of my slightly myopic way to look at it is if you're if you're get, you're whining about like oh why aren't you considering other people I think personally I'm if if I'm describing that I'm always assuming everyone else did exactly what they were supposed to it's, yeah, it's no all flaws. me I'm in my if I'm doing that I'm describing my own failings 100 yeah. percent I believe me I'm more than happy to complain about someone else <laughs> if they do something that was irritating but it with. is hard to take yourself into the experience of someone else when you're in the middle of a board game right when it, it gets into going back to how many times you have to play a game before you understand it. it's like for scythe i could play it once and i could give you uh, my thoughts on like oh i love how it looks i think this is really neat this action selection um i find it it, it plays reasonably quickly uh, once you get the flow down uh, but are you gonna ask me to really comment on how tight of a game it is after one try I think mm. even after probably, I don't know, I feel like I've played a dozen times now, I, I think its cracks are starting to show to me more, but is that a case of just playing it so much, or is that a case of, is it me, or is it the game at that point? Yeah, and I mean, the thing, Scythe was one of those front-heavy good games, where it's like the first time you play it, first thing that hits you, what is it? Components. It's very pretty. Oh, incredible. Beautiful game. Uh, you know, functionality. Oh, this is going to be different every time, right? Yeah. You look at all the ins and outs. But before we go, I just want to say one more thing. As far as thinking about games, since we mentioned it, after the fact, there's nothing that compares to chess in that. Mm -hmm. Because chess is a solid game where you live and die by your own moves. Mm -hmm. There's no, You can't blame the game. <laughs> well, I guess you can say that for a lot of stuff. Go in particular, like any of these super abstracts that are... It's not like you flipped a card and said you you miss your attack and yeah. then <laughs> you get captured or whatever. But one of the things I really liked about these tournaments was you would play somebody, and then you'd know that you're playing them at lunch again the next day. So you had to spend a whole day thinking about okay, they, this is the way they're playing. Yeah. How am I going to turn it around on them? And you also get a feel the more you play of these types of games, like the the behavior. What type? So when you're playing chess, are they a super reckless, aggressive yeah, player? Are absolutely. they very defensive? Are they gonna play draw this out for? and then wait for me to make a mistake like yeah. what is it so. it'll be really interesting to see a starcraft match a seven game match played over a series of seven days instead of all at once yeah i'd like that too so you can really respond to your opponent as opposed to the three back-to-backs and yeah, just yeah. three. if you're down zero and two or something all of a sudden you're just on tilt doing something crazy yeah or oh i lost my one worker in this thing and hit surrender because you know you're can, never coming back can you imagine you're watching the replay you're thinking about oh what are we gonna do you know sports games i suppose in tournaments they do this kind of thing where they, they go away yeah. from the first game one or whatever and say okay well game two what are we gonna do all right on that note i'm jack i'm joel thanks for listening stay tuned cfru 93.3 fm